morning and welcome to day 37 of morning prayer with St. Cuthbert. Let us pray. Take me, Lord, from busyness to the place of quietness, from the tumults without cease into your great unending peace. Help me then, my Lord, to see what I am and ought to be. Amen. Our psalm this morning is Psalm 86. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me. For I am poor and in misery. Preserve my soul, for I am faithful. Save your servant, for I put my trust in you. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for you are my God. I call upon you all the day long. Gladden the soul of your servant. For to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. For you, Lord, are good and forgiving. abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer, and listen to the voice of my supplication. In the day of my distress I will call upon you, for you will answer me. Among the gods there is none like you, O Lord, nor any works like yours. All nations whom you have made shall come and worship you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wonderful things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Knit my heart to you, that I may fear your name. I will thank you, O Lord, my God, with all my heart, and glorify your name for evermore. For great is your steadfast love towards me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of the grave. O God, the proud rise up against me, and a ruthless horde seek after my life. They have not set you before their eyes. But you, Lord, are gracious and full of compassion. slow to anger and full of kindness and truth. Turn to me and have mercy upon me. Give your strength to your servant and save the child of your handmaid. Show me a token of your favour that those who hate me may see it and be ashamed. 
because you, O Lord, have helped and comforted me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. God of mercy, who in your great love drew your Son from the depths of the pit, bring your people from death to life, that we may rejoice in your compassion and praise you now and forever. Amen. The Gospel reading comes from Luke chapter 20, beginning at verse 27. There came to him some Sadducees, those who deny that there is a resurrection. And they asked him a question, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, having a wife but no children, the man must take the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers. The first took a wife and died without children, and the second and the third took her, and likewise all seven left no children and died. Afterwards, the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had her as wife. And Jesus said to them, The sons of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy to attain to that age and to the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage, for they cannot die any more, because they are equal to angels and are sons of God, being sons of the resurrection. But that the dead are raised, even Moses showed in the passage about the bush, where he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Now he is not the God of the dead, but of the living, for all live to him. Then some of the scribes answered, Teacher, you have spoken well, for they no longer dared to ask him any question. But he said to them, How can they say that the Christ is David's son? For David himself says in the book of Psalms, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. David thus calls him Lord. So how is he his son? And in the hearing of all the people, he said to the disciples, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and love greetings in the marketplaces and the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honour at feasts who devour women's houses and for a pretense make long prayers they will receive the greater condemnation. Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. And he saw a poor woman put in two small copper coins. 
And he said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Here ends the reading. Let us pray. I saw a stranger yesterday. I put food in the eating place, drink in the drinking place, music in the listening place, and in the blessed name of the triune, he blessed myself and my house, my cattle and my dear ones. And the lark said in her song, often, often, often goes the Christ in the stranger's guise. Amen. Chapter 37 of Beat's Life of Cuthbert As soon as Christmas was over, Cuthbert sought out his island home once more. A crowd of the brethren gathered to see him off, one of whom, an old monk, strong in the faith, though wasted away through dysentery, said to him, Tell us, my lord, when we may expect to see you again? The answer came back as plain as the question, for Cuthbert knew it was true. When you bring back my corpse. He was given almost two months to rediscover the delights of the quiet life and to fit mind and body into the strict discipline of his old routine. Then he was suddenly felled by disease, to be prepared by the fires of internal pain for the joys of everlasting bliss. Let me tell you of his death verbatim, just as I had it from Herefrith, a sincerely devout priest and present abbot of Lindisfarne. After being racked by three weeks of continual illness, he met his end in the following way. He took ill, you know, on a Wednesday, and it was on a Wednesday too that the disease conquered and he went to his lord. I arrived the morning the sickness began. I had already been there three days previously with the brethren to get his blessing and words of consolation and now gave the usual signal to let him know that I had arrived. He came to the window, but when I greeted him, he could only sigh. What is wrong, my lord? Have you had an attack during the night? Yes, he said. It came last night. I thought he was referring to his old complaint that used to trouble him nearly every day, not anything new. Without further question, I asked for his blessing as it was time to be rowing back. Do as you intend, he said. Board your vessel and go safely home. When God takes my soul, bury me here close to the oratory, on the south side, and to the east of that holy cross I myself put up. To the north of the oratory you will find a stone coffin hidden under the turf, a present 
from the holy abbot Kada. Put my body in it, wrapped in the cloth you will find there. Abbess Verka gave it me as a present, but I was loath to wear it. Out of affection for her, I carefully put it aside to use as a winding sheet. Hearing this, I exclaimed, Father, now that you yourself have told me you are dying, I beg you to let some of the brethren stay and look after you. Go now and come back at the proper time. I insisted that there should be someone by him, but he would not agree. Finally, I asked him when we were to come back. When God wants, he will show you. We carried out his directions. Calling together the brethren in church, I ordered constant prayer on his behalf, telling them that I gathered from his words that he would soon be with the Lord. I was anxious to return, but a storm kept us back for five days. Events were later to prove that this was the work of providence. Almighty God, in order that his servant might be purified from every trace of frailty and to show his adversaries their impotence against his strength of faith, willed him to be cut off from mankind for so long to test him by physical suffering and by exposing him to still fiercer conflict with our ancient enemy. When the storm abated, we reached the island to find that he had left his cell and was sitting in the house where we used to lodge. The other monks had to go over to the shore on some necessary errand, but I stayed and lost no time in seeing to his needs. One of his feet needed attention. It had been swollen for a long time and had now developed an ulcer that was superating. I heated some water and bathed it. I then gave him some warm wine and tried to make him taste it. You could see from his face that what with the illness and lack of food besides, his strength was all drained away. When I had finished, he sat down quietly on the couch, and I sat beside him. He was silent, so I began the conversation. My Lord Bishop, I can see how much you have suffered since we left you, and I wonder why you would not allow anyone to stay to look after you. It was God's will that I should be left to suffer a while without help or company. From the time you left, the sickness grew steadily worse, and I got up and came out here so that when you did arrive to take care of me, you would be able to find me without having to bother to enter the monastery. From the time I came in here and settled myself down, I have not moved a limb, but have remained in the same position these five days and nights. But my Lord, how can you live like this? Have you gone without food all this time? He turned back the coverlet on which he sat and showed me five onions. This has been my food 
for the last five days. Whenever my mouth was parched or burned with excessive hunger or thirst, I refreshed and cooled myself with these. One of the onions was less than half nibbled away. He added, My assailants have never tempted me so sorely as they have during the past five days. I did not dare inquire what kind of temptations they were, but contented myself with asking him to let himself be waited upon. He consented and let some of us stay, one of whom was the priest Bede, his personal servant. It was his position as servant that enabled Bede to know all the presents that Cuthbert had ever received. Cuthbert wanted him at hand in case he had forgotten to make due return for any of the gifts he had received. If that was so, Bede could remind him and give him time to return the kindness before he died. He especially asked to have another brother by him as a servant. This other monk had suffered for a long time from severe diarrhoea and could not be cured. His piety, prudence and seriousness marked him out as a worthy witness of the saint's last words and of the way he died. I returned and told the brethren that our venerable father had ordered that he was to be buried on the island. But it seems far more fitting to me, I added, to ask him to let us bring his body back here, to be given a more decent burial, with proper honours in the church. They agreed, and we went to Cuthbert. We do not think lightly of your command, my lord, to be interred here, but it seemed right that we should ask for the honour of bringing your body back to the monastery to remain with us. But it is my desire to rest here, where I have fought my fight for the Lord, and where I want to finish the course, and whence I hope to be raised up by my just judge, to receive the crown of righteousness. What is more, it would be less trouble for you if I did stay here, because of the influx of fugitives and every other kind of malefactor which will otherwise result. They will flee for refuge to my body, for whatever I might be, my fame as a servant of God has been noised abroad. You will be constrained to intercede very often with the powers of this world on behalf of such men. The presence of my remains will prove extremely irksome. We pleaded with him for a long time, insisting that all this would seem light to us through being a labour of love. But at last he gave us this advice. If you feel you must go against my plans and take me back there, I think it would be best to make a tomb in the interior of the basilica. Then you will be able to visit it yourselves whenever you wish, and also to decide who else from outside may do so. We thanked him on bended knee for his permission and advice and went back home.
After that, we paid him frequent and regular visits. We come to our intercessions. The prayer of St. Anselm. We bring before thee, O Lord, the troubles and perils of people and nations. The sighing of prisoners and captives. The sorrows of the bereaved. The necessities of strangers. The helplessness of the weak. The despondency of the weary. The failing power of the aged. O Lord, draw near to each, for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I call it. This is a prayer from South Uist. O God and Spirit, and Jesus the three, from the crown of my head, O Trinity, to the soles of my feet, mine offering be. Come I with my name and my witnessing. Come I with my contrite heart, confessing. Come I unto thee, O Jesu, my King. O Jesu, do thou be my sheltering. And we pray as our Saviour taught us. Our Father, which art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. As it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses. as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And finally, prayer for ourselves. Circle me, Lord. Keep protection near and danger afar. Circle me, Lord. Keep hope within. Keep doubt without. Circle me, Lord. Keep light near and darkness afar. Circle me, Lord. Keep peace within. Keep evil out. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.